Hello and welcome. Innovative author, speaker, advocate, and change agent, Dr. Bonnie Benita with a view is on the new legendary WIGO AM 1570 right now. Yes, this is Dr. Bonnie with a view. I'm the co-host today, Pastor James Hunter, and today we have with us Brother Adrian Spellings. Uh, today, we're going to talk about violent crimes by youth, and especially in the black community. We want to know how you all feel, what you think about the crimes that are going on today in the world, and what can we do as a people, as a whole, to help prevent all of these tragics, this violence that's going on in our communities, our schools, our churches. You all that are out there in the radio land, we want to hear from you all because this is a serious issue with our youth because they're dying by the thousands day by day. And today we're going to talk about this thing. And we have, again, like I said, Brother Adrian Spellings here with us. They say one statistic says in 2020, there are about a thousand serious violent crimes committed by youth between the ages of 12 and 17 in the United States. Watch this. But as a share of population, young adults ages 18 to 24 faced a higher risk of violent crimes, arrested or victimization than any other age group. And a lot of this dealing with in the black communities. So brother Adrian, what do you have to say about this and, 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 and what can be, what can be done to prevent this? Uh, just tell me your thoughts on what, I mean, what do you think about this? Because, Man, something has to be done because we are losing our children. We're losing our children. And, and if I can say this, Brother Adrian, I lost my son mm. at the age of 18 dealing with crime. They robbed him and shot him in his head for a pair of tennis shoes and 150 mm. bucks. Wow. And left him in the cold like a dead dog. And guess what? Nobody done anything. Wow. In the area where it happened, there was only a few cops in the whole uh, city there. Hmm. And I did not call the name of the city, but it was a handful of cops that worked on the, in the department because the place was so poor. But yes. but but nobody there's that wasn't really you didn't hear anything else about it. But I had I left with a dead son, a deceased son, broken family, broken mom, broken sisters, brothers, nieces, nephews, uncles, and everybody else. Mm. And we are the ones that suffered from this issue. Wow, Pastor, that that is incredible. What an incredible story. And I just want to jump in here because this is a wonderful segue to our guest that's on the line with us. Reese Swinney, he has a uh, nonprofit organization, 
And the reason it's a great segue, the name of the organization, Positive American Youth. It's a nonprofit organization. They've got a very special event coming up, Pastor Hunter, and and uh, their website is payusa.com. Reese Swinney, welcome to Bonnie with a View. You're live with Dr. Hunter. Welcome. Good morning, brother. How are you? Good morning, my friend. How are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? All right. There we go. There we go. We got finally got us up off mute. God bless you, man. We've got Andre in the building, and we've got Pastor James Hunter, who's sitting in for Dr. Bonnie Bonita. You're live with Dr. Hunter. Meet our very special guest, Reese Swinney, from the Positive American Youth Nonprofit Organization, Take it away, Dr. Hunter. Hey, Doc, how are you today? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing outstanding, man. It's good to hear from you, man. And God bless well, you, sir. I appreciate it. Hey, tell us what. I appreciate the invite what, to the platform. Yes, sir, absolutely. So so tell me your take, brother, if, if, if you have that moment to share with us and those that are out there listening, because people want to know what's the cure for these situations, these, these issues that's still occurring in the world today? I think it's a, it's a multi-layered, um, if it's going to be a multi-layered way to fix these problems, and that's kind of a pregnant question because you have to deal with system, systemic issues that are have been in place. And then you have to take personal accountability of the people that are creating these issues too. So um, I know on the, on the standpoint I could speak from the police, um, standpoint. I can only speak from what we're doing through our nonprofit. We've partnered with some great guys that are either former or current law enforcement. And we do an event called Clippers and Cops. It's a monthly event. We take it to barbershops around the, around the United States. We've been on BET, CNN, and a bunch of other major platforms. But what that does is we take these police and we take them to areas um, with a dense amount of people, black people, in particular, so we can have these conversations of why are these communications breaking down and turning violent or turning fatal, right? And we're allowing the community to ask these questions in a safe environment. We're allowing the police to hear what the community has to say. And at the same time, I'm moderating these events, so I get to see both sides and me not being biased to the police, but I have family and law enforcement to be empathetic to knowing that, okay, some of these guys, a lot of these guys are human. You know, and they have those human attributes. So they just want to get home and they want to do their job, but they do want to protect and serve. But they have may have worked with some of these guys that are overzealous or um, a little too aggressive or do too much. Just like in any job, you get that one person that does too much. Um, and then we start having these conversations. We What I do like about them is we also find out how, uh, where, where, the, where the community is bleeding from it, from an emotional or, uh, a detached standpoint from the police department, and we get to find out why as well. And what we've seen in these events for a lot of a lot of times is we see that the main thing is we've got a very deep distrust for law enforcement because of a lot of things we've seen or heard, and a lot of these things are true and valid and accurate, right? Right. And then it's sometimes it's a little satire that the media adds on and makes it even worse, as we saw how everything jumped off with the Tyree Nichols situation. A lot of people were... um a lot of people were very uh, disappointed in what, what the police did to that man, and as they should, 
But then we find out that, hey, this was a domestic dispute that, that, that went on between two guys and his work buddies got involved. Now they just so happened to be the police. And we should we say that we want to hold these guys to a higher standard, but sometimes, obviously, that's not the case when you're dealing with the human element, and that's what I was kind of talking about earlier. But right. um, the media, as we're all in, sometimes we jump out and say, oh, no, we, these guys can't. Uh, they, 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 they beat that guy up. They shouldn't have did that. They're the police. And then you find out, oh, they're arguing over a female. Well, let me ask you, Doc, you know what I mean? along with that, and, and you're absolutely right, and I agree with you with that. But, but, but my question is, uh, uh, along with that, is this violence natural or is it taught? What I mean, tell me, what's your standpoint? Is this stuff taught? This, all right, first, we got to start from the home. We got to start from the home. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, you know, like right now, you, you're talking about violence with young, the youth, and you have um, a lot of, it starts at home, and then what they're being, um, what's going on in school you know most of this violence when you get these teens you know they start to congregate amongst each other you get them in a setting and they go to school right you see a lot even the school systems they're they're facing a lot of uh, a lot of fights a lot of violence a lot of things that are going on in school and it starts there you know you know it said it mentioned eight between the ages of 18 to 24 um, that's the highest rate, but it starts in school. It starts at in the in the high school age, where these teens between the ages of twelve to seventeen are are committing most of these crimes. And if you get into one, the culture, we got to talk about our culture, our music as a as black people, um, and how our culture of music glorifies gangs violence and stuff like that and is get it's 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 getting a misdirection it's giving our teens a misdirection and where what is to be glorified gang violence or being in a gang is to, is something glorified you know selling drugs or or um or, or scamming all these different things they're doing now is being glorified through our culture so we got to go back to where it's where is this stemming from and it's also being promoted and encouraged by by you know by our um by the music and the artists that that are out there um singing these songs um glorifying the killing and the shooting of another black man you know so it's 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 it's, it's it has many layers i don't want to go into like okay you know I understand law enforcement and the fear of of what the police has a select few has done, but it doesn't take um, away from the responsibility that we have as a community to change the narrative, to change the culture, to cancel artists, to start canceling artists that promotes violence in their music, that promotes gang violence. You know, we. We, I mean, we we all grew up in that, you know. If you was born in the '90s or you were born in the um, uh, in the '80s, you know, you grew up with um, East Side versus West Side, and 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 that type of um, rhetoric that we we grew up seeing. So it's it's just a problem if we don't address the culture and the culture, um, then we're going to continue to see this move on. Another way that I think. That um, I um, that came out to me 
there was a there's a Louisiana high school um, that has a program called Dads on Duty. You know, um, a lot of the systemic problems is due to um, where, where it comes to violence with teens. Right. Is that they're coming from, you know, you know, single mother households or single parent households and or in um, in cases of, um, you know, impoverished neighborhoods and stuff like that. And you have a um, in Louisiana, in this one high school, they they um, experienced a 60 percent decrease in the violence in the school. You know, children was getting in fights in school. They were even fighting the administrators and principals in the school. And and basically, they when they start uh, uh, the community dads is a group of 40 dads, you know, that that goes on shift uh, and they they make their presence known in the school. So it, um, it, it provided a, um, a place for where dads can make sure that every kid had an adult to turn to because the, the dads became a community. Uh, it became a community effort. So that you saw that um, a increase in male presence in the community um, in, in that particular school, in that setting, has decreased the the teen violence and the fights that were going on in those schools. Yes. I believe that's because they had that presence. Yes. I one thousand percent agree. Like um you you see and I'm just gonna be frank here, you see it thousands and thousands of white people getting killed in movies, but you don't see that that turning into violence in those households and in those neighborhoods that type of way. Um, like I watched Fast and the Furious a million times, all 10 movies or 20 movies they have, but I don't have any speeding tickets. That's because <laughs> I had a parent at home telling me, hey, that's a separate, that's entertainment, this is real life. In real life, this is not how we, we, we play, this is not how we act, and this is not how we get out. And I think we're having some, some more accountability in those households. Uh, I don't think we can any longer place the blame on uh, you know, in abundance of a certain type of music. Yes, kids will be drawn to it, and they may want to find out if those lyrics are actually livable. But if you have people telling them that's entertainment, this is what you should strive for, then that kind of negates that. I've seen that too. Right. Hey, we appreciate you. Do you have time to stick with us for a minute, and we're going to take a break? Can you come back, Brother Reese, on the other side of the break and continue this conversation? And then, of course, we want to talk about the wonderful event that you've got coming up that we want to help you get the word out about it. Will you hang in with us? Yes, sir. I'm, I'm here for you. I got you. All right. You're listening to Bonnie with the View right here on the legendary WIGO. We're going to take a pause for the cause, but when we come back, we will continue the conversation. Dr. Bonnie Bonita with the View. We'll be right back.
consumer advocates. We're not attorneys and we don't practice law, but we can help with any landlord tenant evictions. Call for details at toll free 1-888-668-5530. Again, that's 1-888-668-5530. That's our 24-hour recorded message, evictionhelpnow.com, where we stop evictions fast. Yes. This is Dr. Bonnie with a view. We want to continue on what we was talking about a little bit earlier. Brother Reese, with Positive yes. American Youth, are you there? So we yes, can continue this dialogue. So, yes, we're, I'm still here. No, no, I'm here. Now, Brother, Brother Reese, a, a question, because we, we have so people are asking questions and they want answers. Mm-hmm. And And my question again here would be, um, what is the leading cause of youth violence? And it reads that domestic violence and child abuse 
is one of the leading, leading cause of youth violence. Other contributing factors include harsh parenting styles, along with chaos in the home, neglect, and reject, rejection. Each of these situations can lead to youth violence later in life because of the lack of stability and structure in the home. What is your take on that? Because, you know, you got these, and here, here, let me add this with it, because you have these guys, these police guys over there in Memphis, Memphis mm-hmm. right. that, you know, killed this young man. Do you think that had something to do with them guys? They're bringing up their upbringing, the parenting style. Yeah, I mean that reflect. I think that that reflected what the culture of Memphis. If you look at Memphis and you look at them and you look at the stats on violence, on violence within the city, on murders, on deaths from from combat or, or people uh, getting into altercations, you see that it's high. And I think that those guys which helps and hurts. So when you have police that are part of the culture, they understand the culture, right? Right. They then that's that's what people push for. We say we should have police in areas that know the people. And then you would you would negate some of the crazy things that happen when it comes down to a uh, miscommunication. Like we know Johnny on a corner isn't selling drugs. But a cop from that neighborhood that's not from that neighborhood and not from that culture just sees Johnny with a hoodie on on a corner where drugs are usually sold. So they go, he's got to be selling drugs because they don't understand what's going on out there. They don't, they can't depict one person from another person uh, as, as well as we can, right? So, so, so. But at the same time, when no, you go got ahead. these guys from, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. When, when you got these guys from Memphis, right? They're part of that culture. As you can see, they, they're part of the get back. I mean, I'm, I'm going to, uh, you, you hurt me, I'm going to hurt you back harder, right? And that's what we saw. Right. That's kind of what we saw, right. but I think um, I think that that is part of the, the that's part of the negativity from our culture that we kind of have to eradicate through many different things. But exposure is going to be one of the biggest ones. So um, we have a oh, go ahead. No, I'm saying so. So with that being said, do, so do you think it'll be wise to hire some of the kids in the community or from the same Absolutely. community? And I think, it would I think help. You have to. So, how do you think they you would feel to. if they came now? That, you know, because you know how black young men are. Oh, you're a snitch now. You're talking and yeah, telling I mean, them. You, you see, you follow what I'm saying? Because you got to look at that, both right. sides. Right, but that's that's why it's so important to start having people from your culture or from even if it's not your neighborhood, it's got to be a neighborhood like yours policing your people. Because what happens is you start to eliminate that type of talk you start to eliminate those type of subtitles because you see that oh this is a job it that's done for a reason we i believe we're we are so anti-law enforcement before a reason because without any type of law enforcement you have chaos right right because it's the same thing as saying okay everybody hate the police until you get your house get robbed or your car gets sold now i'm gonna call the police somebody breaking your grandma's house and you on the phone with her, what you going to tell her to do? I don't care how much you hate the police. What you going to tell her to do? You going to tell her to call the cop, right? Right. But if we have people that have a, have a certain amount of respect, I'm saying you don't have to love the police. But if you have a certain amount of respect for the police, then you start to eliminate some of those terms, some of the, some of the things that make it negative to be a cop. Of course, we call each other snitches because they don't want any of us to, to become the police. Because if you start becoming the police, then you gain a power on that part of the judicial system, right? The law enforcement system. 
We don't have that. We're the minority. But we're the majority, not majority getting arrested, because I don't want to get that twisted either. We're only 12% of the population, 13% of the population. So there's no way we take up all the jail. Right. You know what I mean? Because it's, it's places, there are pockets of places with a high density of, of, of black people, just like Georgia, Atlanta, a lot of black people. Georgia, no black people. You dig what I'm saying? Right. But they make it seem like we, we take up all the jails. I don't think that's necessarily true. Mm-hmm. But I do think is if we eliminate those terms like snitch and stuff like that, where, where we start having uh, our people police our people, then you start changing the narrative. It's just like having, <clears throat> it's just like the same thing is why uh, we know that education, right? Education is a big link to when people getting arrested or people having um, problems having problems with the law later if you're if you're illiterate or you're um undereducated right more likely you'll start to break the law correct well i i, I believe in something they call mother wit i know that but, but what i'm saying is if if you have people that all right so they take test scores and they go okay these test scores are really low in this area 20 years later they're building jails in the area right right mm-hmm. Right. Okay. okay. On that so part. that's what okay. I'm saying. So, okay. So, yes. so what I'm saying is with us, the same way as you call them police snitches, what happens when you have a really smart black kid in an all black school? What do they call them? Uh-huh, nerd. They don't respect him. Yeah, you get yes. more respect for going to jail than you get for going to college, right? It comes from the culture. It exactly. comes from so our culture. You got the culture, the culture. That's what I'm saying. Exactly what I'm saying. It comes from the culture. So if you have people that make fun of you for being educated, we have to change that narrative. You have people that get made fun of for wanting to be the police to make a change. We have to change that narrative. And I think that starts at home, but it also counter starts with being a, a neighborhood again. Before the crack era, we had real neighborhoods. The projects were a place where you can go next door to somebody's house and their mama will catch you a whooping if she catch you doing something bad. You know what I'm saying? The dad on the, uh, that's coming home from work, he's going to straighten and tighten up your homeboy, your friend, before you get there, right? Mm-hmm. We had to come back together as a people and change our culture so we can understand that, hey, let's support positive things. Let's be more positive through our actions. And then you won't have as much violence and as much negative and as much trash out here because it'll be a better, it'd be, it'd be, it's more positivity being poured on you. Right. Right. So, and, and with this uh, said, if I can in, add this into it, uh, Brother Reese, it said, it's, mm-hmm. it asked a question, had a people to ask a question. It said, how many people does youth violence affect? Do you think that it, it just happened in the urban uh, community, suburban, rural no. area? I mean, what what areas do you think most of this go on? Because right here it says thousands of people experience youth violence every day. Mm-hmm. Youth right. violence exactly. negatively negatively impact youth in all communities. Do right. you think it right. happened in the urban, the suburb, the rural areas? Do you think the police, uh, um, you know, commute in those areas all the time, like they do in certain areas, I would say, like in the black community. I don't know what the interaction is because I don't know it firsthand, or if I've done the research, but I can imagine it happening because we service some schools out in rural uh, Georgia and um, Hall County and Paulding County, where it's mainly white, but it, but they're still living under the income medium, so they're all the schools are more more than seventy percent free of reduced lunch, right? And oh. you got a lot of kids dealing with domestic violence abuse and all types of stuff too, right? Right. But for whatever reason, 
uh, I don't see that. I don't see that being as publicized as much as our people. Right, right. Because For whatever reason, exactly. Because right. I see right here say the youth violence is common. One out it of is. five high school students report being bullied on school property, and this yeah, is they, in the last past year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they call it bullying. We call it youth violence. That's the difference. It gets reported differently. So okay, like, just the just language. Like yeah, so it was like us. We went through a whole epidemic with crack cocaine in, mm-hmm. through the eighties and nineties, right? Right. And they call them crackheads and this and that. Now, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Same thing with what with meth in these other neighborhoods and and, and soft cocaine and other uh, what are they? Hard crack drugs, right? solids. Yeah. Right, and what do they call it? They say, oh, this, this, they, this is a disease. They need help. It's the same thing. Substance abuse. Yeah. <laughs> right. and and now they're putting up all these rehab centers and and, and, and rehab centers that you can get go to for free that are, that are government funded they didn't have that in the 80s they didn't have that in the 90s they don't sure have didn't. it now for for a certain type of offenders you still got the crack uh crack laws now you get caught with three uh, what is it three grams you're going to jail for years five is a felony 30 years <laughs> these people can get caught with a whole 30 bottle piece of the percocets or whatever it is rehab it's still a, it's, a slap on the wrist needs to be, right exactly so we, we we know what's going on we just have to act accordingly and stop trying to say the system is the problem we know that we have to be the fix in our community though right we right, have at to care. first yeah we have to care they we have to care i i know some people that's not fair that's not fair life's not fair <laughs> we got to well, act accordingly. Well, brother, with this, you know, here's these people have these different issues happening, like the Tyrese, the guy that got killed with the Memphis police officers, right? Now, and I'm not talking about that, that family, but the ones that have passed before them. You got the George Floyd. Yeah. You got uh, Bri- right. Brianna. Um, uh, what's the time? Yeah. T- now, now, here's the thing. These people are getting all this. And <laughs> please don't take this negative. Uh, you know, these people are getting all this money. Do you think that's a hush hush type thing when, when these people no, I pay? Think, I think because I see, think it's what, because you never hear anything else about this no more after the money is distributed. No, I mean, I'm just you asking. Still do. You still do, and the only reason I'm saying is you still do like the George Floyd situation. I can't speak to every single detail on it, but right now I know for a fact the NAAC president here in Georgia, um, Gerald Griggs pushing for the George Floyd Act where you can't use a certain chokehold as a federally um, federally, federally and nationally accepted act where you can't use certain chokeholds. The same with Breonna Taylor with the no-knock law. They're trying to pass that federally so that it takes place across the entire United States. So as far as um, the same, same thing with uh, Tamir Rice and, and the other young brother that was killed in Florida. Right. Uh, Laws are being changed um, by people carrying on the fight. It just isn't as vocal on the media side because it, it, it isn't a hot topic at the moment for the media. They want to pick up on the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. But shouldn't it right? be a hot topic? Are carrying. Absolutely. But it's, I think that it has to be a hot topic with a purpose. So with a purpose. Now is to, change, to change the laws. Like there was a there was a flaw in the system, and that's what caused the Breonna Taylor incident, right? Mm-hmm. There was a flaw in the system, as well as the people involved. That's what caused the the George Floyd debacle, right? And, right. and his untimely demise. The the, per, the people flaw was the man was an arrogant idiot and 
and murdered that man in cold blood in front of a lot of people. Thousands right? of people, right. That was a people flaw. Thousands of people, and then millions because it was on social media as well. Right. The 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 um, part of the flaw with the system is you you were able to use that type of hold, right? You were able to use that type of hold not to not to make it a uh, fatal, but you could use it. So now the law needs to be changed, and they're pushing to change the law so you can't even use that type of hold. Well, that right. changed the person. No, he's in jail, right? As right. he should be. Right. As he should. Right. Right. So but- so I think that those things do carry on um but we have to do our job like you're doing right now like you are putting a light on these things right right now we're talking about it and your fan base listenership and friends of the show are hearing it and that's a beautiful thing right right um so so it's it's a it's a great pleasure to be on this Benita show and have and be having this conversation right and so you know we got this thing they say back the blue like back the police officers but now we back in the blue, and and we know all of those guys are not rotten. Mm-mm, all those no. guys are not rotten. Those guys are not bullies. Those guys are not bad. Some and it, and it makes them look bad because of what the others did. But you got you have the government, the state, that are pouring all of these millions of dollars into back in the blue, but we still got the same behavior and attitude. So how do you view that, Maurice? You know, because we still put our tax dollars and, and, and we put millions of dollars right. and we're still having the same killings one year after another. And there's no let's, change. Let's, let's interchange the word blue in this case with black and had the same conversation. Okay. All right. So we say, okay, back to blue. Let's say back to black. Let's say this is the case. Back you to black. All of these back to black, right? That means we're going to back black people even though some other black people are killing each other in gang-related mm-hmm. violence and are doing all types of wild stuff out here. So do we say, okay, because some of those people are doing that, we're not going to pour into some of these community and activisms and nonprofit organizations that are trying to fight all of these things that are going on within that community. Do we not do that? Because I know some people that are not doing the right thing, right? And I'm talking to them and trying to lead by example. But also, I have a nonprofit organization, and that nonprofit organization is feeding families every single day, is putting anti-bullying and fitness into the schools, mm-hmm. is uh, collaborating with what we spoke about earlier, with the Clippers and Cops organization. So, yes. doing all these things, but I look like the people, and I can converse and I'm trying to help some of the people that may be not doing the right thing. So, do we just throw it all out, or or do we do we try to resources into the, the places that are helping. I think I think it, it is it is exactly what you're doing. Um, we need to go to the schools. We start we go, when we go into the schools and we build a community. You understand? Because remember, the schools have the children about eight hours out of the day. You know, after that, they they're released back into their homes or, uh, for lack of better words, the streets. And so the thing is, I think that. Organizations like yours, uh, like or like like I was speaking about, dads on duty, or yeah. um, or I um, I have I personally have a martial arts and fitness studio, and I do and I have t- um, children, you know, between those ages twelve to seventeen, and I have a um, night called Friday Fight Night, where any child um, between you know between those ages could come in, 
and kind of get experience in the martial arts. You know, they can come and other there are other bo- like boxing gyms that you know children that can come in there, and um, as long as they have a parent to sign a waiver, but they give like the like free boxing um, training or like you know me and my school. Um, any student from any other school or any student from the neighborhood could come in on a Friday night and learn some Taekwondo. And I do that, you know, at no cost. So it's like, you know, supporting communities like that. Also, we have a nonprofit attached to our our martial arts studio. It's uh, called K2F Booster Club. And it financially supports those students who are very serious in the martial arts and pushes them in the competition arena so it teaches them how to you know go to different competitions and go all the way up to olympic level and it supports them in that fashion you know financially with the travel expenses competition fees and uniforms and stuff like that and it gives them that type of opportunity so we do need more you know organizations like yours and mine to be a part of the school system you know, to, to, to work with that. That's how you really get into the community. If we we can get, we, we're changing the culture and narrative through um, targeting our young boys and young girls and, and, and changing what's quote-unquote cool. You know, we have to really talk, have that um, discussion about culture, um, the music they listen to, the, 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 the what, what it is a fact that if the music they're listening to is pouring into their subconscious mind, and that that is that is building a sense of identity. So to begin to identify with the music, with the uh, with the with the glorification of gang gang violence and stuff like that. You know, I asked my teenagers the other day, who are the most popular kids in the school, right? And they t- they will tell you it's the ones who are the gang members, it's the ones who got it's the ones who the dr- quote unquote scammers and drug dealers. In the schools, it's the people, not the wow. not the captain of the beta club, not 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 the uh, one who is in the four H club or the one the valedictorian. You don't ever know who the valedictorian until graduation time. Wow, you see what I'm saying? Why is he the most popular? The um, the kid who's on the math mathematics team and winning national competitions for spelling bees and stuff like that. Why are they the most popular kids? No, the most popular kid is the one who got suspended four times, who, who's on their way out, the one who uh, is selling drugs or they're in a gang. You know, when I went to school, it was about the gangs. I could remember the names of these gangs that going to middle school and high school in my area. Why can I remember that and not the, you know, the name of the DECA Club, the Distributed Education of Clubs of America, where when I went to a, a quote-unquote white school, because I did go to a white school, right? I remember going to uh, being a part of a club called Distributive Education of Clubs of America where they taught business and marketing. And then you got work study in under that program. You get to leave school early and go and work an actual job. You see what I'm saying? Why is it only – why I was going to a white school, predominantly white school at that time. You see what I'm saying? But when I went and then in my senior year, I went back into the black community, black school. They didn't have that 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 club. You know, they didn't have those programs. I, I was ahead in my classes and 
the administrator, because I was I had no more classes, he encouraged me. He said, you just got to stay in school. You can't leave school just because. I'm just like, well, I have no more classes. Well, you're going to have to pick some classes because I was already ahead of the game. So he didn't want me to leave the school because I had, I, you know, I, had, I drove my, I had a car. I was driving. So I, 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 I directly experienced the difference in the the treatment even still from the administrator in the, in the in the white school I was able to leave early you was treated with a certain level of respect from the the you know from that community so it, it's it's a difference in culture it's a difference it's it's sad to say but that's what's being ha- that's what's happening in our schools there's no like there's no there was no club for work study in the black community schools but there was um in the white community there we had they had i learned how to run my business through that school believe it or not you know you had to in that school that whole semester you had to create a business and you had to market for it you had to make income for it and we 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 and we distribute currency wow. amongst each other yes we had Beautiful. to do all of that so it w- those programs were encouraging in in um, those other school systems. When I came back, there was no 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 programs like that, you know. So that that was the sad thing that when I came back looking for those programs to sing, to continue that program in that in that system, it it, it wasn't available. But I think um, having more involvement, I think that if we have more parent involvement and especially the fathers the uncles the grandfathers and um take charge in the school system make their presence known in the school system i guarantee uh we can we can we can have reduced the violence that we see in our schools you know these kids are quick to fight in our in their schools you know so that's that that that's that's very important great conversation no, that was a great point that great that was point. a great that was a great point we got to take a break Great conversation. You're listening to the legendary WIGO 1570. And, of course, you're listening to Bonnie with the View. We've got to take a break. We'll be wrapping up this conversation and Bonnie with a View. We'll be right back. We thank you for listening to Bonnie with a View. Dr. Bonnie Bonita with a View. We'll be right back.
Down and I 
Good morning, this is Frank with Eviction Help Now. EvictionHelpNow.com, where we stop evictions fast. Our consumer advocates can handle any landlord and tenant evictions. Call for details at toll-free 1-888-668-5530. Again, that's 1-888-668-5530. That's our toll-free 24-hour recorded message. Eviction Help Now, where we stop evictions fast. Since 2007, our consumer advocates have assumed a somewhat adversarial role in exposing unfair tenant-landlord business practices regarding the eviction process. We know the rules and understand the law. No one deserves to be forced out of their home. We can help stop, delay, or dismiss your eviction within 48 to 72 hours. Again, our recorded line is 1-888-668-5530, evictionhelpnow.com, where we stop evictions fast. Hey, this is Dr. Bonnie with a view. I'm your host today, Pastor James Hunter, and I have here today as my guest, Brother Adrian Spellings. Is that all right? And and we want to continue to uh, today on some different things. I mean, not different things, but we want to continue with the um, the uh, youth, especially in the uh, black communities with different crimes and things like that. Uh, we like to deal with that. We want to find out what can be done to actually prevent a lot of these things that are going on. And my question, again, out there to you all that are listening here and hearing what we're saying today in Radio Land, my next question would be, um, hold a second, is uh, Dr. Uh, is Brother Reese, are you still there? Yes, I'm here. Okay. The next thing we want to uh, jump into, because these are questions that people have and that they want to hear what answers uh, can they have to help right. to prevent some of the things. Uh, it asks, who gets abused more boys or girls one statistic says one in nine girls and one in 53 boys under the age of 18 experience sexual abuse or assault at the hand of an adult they say 82 percent of all victims under 18 are females females ages 16 through 19 or four times more likely than the general population to be victims of rape, attempted rape, or sexual assault. And a lot of this is in our black communities. Uh, Brother Reese, what, what do you say about that? Because And also you said um, school violence, is it decreasing or is it increasing? Because they said as students return to the in-person learning, School, offic- school officials are reporting higher level of violence, misbehavior, assault, and drug abuse across the country, according to Education Week. What, what do you say and have to say with that, uh, Brother Reese? Can you expound on that along with me and Brother Adrian? If you could bring that question back to him again, we were hearing some noise in the background, but he's back. Run that question back by him again, would you please, Brother James? Uh, I'm sorry. Yes, yes. Uh, the the question was, who gets abused more, boys or girls? Statistics says one in nine girls and one in 53 boys under the age of 18 experience sexual abuse or assault 
at the hand of an adult. 82% of all victims under 18 are females. Females ages 16 through 19 are four times more likely than the general population to be victims of rape, attempted rape, or sexual assault. And it also said, is violence in the schools decreasing or is it increasing? Because all of this is going on together. It said, as students return to in-person learning, school officials are reporting higher levels of violence, misbehaviors, assault, and drug abuse across the country, according to Education Week. Brother Reese, what, what do you have? What, what can you say and what would you say about those things that's going on? Because they said, look how young these kids are. Look at the education thing, the drug abuse, the misbehavior, the assault across the country. Right here up on our nose. What do you have? I mean, with this teenage uh, 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 violence, what do you have to say, Brother Reese? Well, I have to say that one thing with the violence, and I think that um, a lot of the things that the teens are going through is because of lack of resources, not just. Uh, the wonderful things that the brother that's on the line is offering, but also things like they don't have uh, a way to make money. They don't have jobs. They don't have extracurricular activities. Those are being the first things being cut out of the schools. And Mm -hmm. it's an age old saying, um, the the idle time is the devil's playground, right? Yes. So you got a lot of kids Mm -hmm. doing nothing and a lot of kids feeling like they aren't being cared about because they care about music. They care about sports. They care about the arts. And these are the things being eliminated. Right. Then right. what does that directly say to them? We don't care about what you care about. Right. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, the things that they do, that they do care about that are still allowed, like the music and stuff like that. All they hear is, hey, this music is bad. It's not good for you. This music is terrible. It's causing all this stuff. So you're going to get a bunch of rebellion. And um, with that, you know, that, I think that that's one of the one of the major things that we're dealing with. We're dealing with a lot of idle time. You're dealing with kids that don't feel like they're being cared about. You just mentioned some some horrific numbers and ratios about uh, abuse and sexual abuse and child abuse. you got kids that are being tormented at home and they come into school almost as a safe haven, not even a learning right. facility. Right, As a safe haven. And some of them are lashing out, unfortunately. So, uh, I, mean, I think we all collectively have been saying this the whole time. But once again, and, 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 you know, with being redundant, it's got to start at home within those neighborhoods. And of course, you know, you might have, a, unfortunately, you're going to have some parents that aren't shouldn't be parents and it's going to take the village to make sure that those kids okay it sounds mm-hmm. it sounds so square or just sounds uh like a blanket statement but it's really true and it needs to happen do you think children are raising children now these days brother reese mm-hmm. brother adrian do mm-hmm. you think because you haven't <sighs> well you have young you, minds you have, raising, yes. even, even older people you don't have they don't even, they're not equipped with those skills. Like the brother was just saying, brother Adrian was just saying, when he went to another school, he learned life skills. That's what I heard. Mm-hmm. He right. learned how to run a business. He learned how to, you probably learned the financial aspects, yes. the financial literacy. Definitely. You probably learned how to balance the checkbook. You mm-hmm. probably learned about credit. That's you learn right. about all these things that you need to be equipped with as an adult to not survive, but thrive. Mm-hmm. And right. unfortunately, you don't learn those things in, in a lot of the urban schools and a lot of the schools where we see a lot of these problems that, that are being publicized, right? Right. They're not being equipped with those skills. So you got a parent teaching a kid that's not equipped with those skills. Like right. my father, fortunately, taught me about how to handle credit. He had his own business, taught me how to pay a mortgage, balance a checkbook. 
I have friends in the neighborhood that didn't get those lessons at home. So I was bringing them home like puppies to learn from my dad. Mm. Right. Right. But without without those type of people in the neighborhood. And that's what I mean by village. All it takes is one person that's willing to show the people that aren't equipped with it. And then they were going home and some of their parents were, were, were apt to listen to what the kid had to say. Hey, mom, you should try it like this. I just learned this from Mr. Sweeney. I just learned how to do this. And we, we in an apartment. We paying this amount. We could be paying this amount for a house. All we need is this little bit of money down. Oh, you don't have any money? Look, they got a program over here called NASA where you don't need any money down. So he was teaching guys in the neighborhood mm. about this type of stuff. Now I take that same approach with the people I know and the younger kids I know, and it takes that. That's what I think it takes. So, yes, to answer your question. Right. Is, uh, sometimes and I get around the question. It does. It, it, yes. That's okay. Young it's okay. Mind it's okay. And, and see, uh, and, and I, if I can add to this, I was one of the ones, Brother Reese and Brother Adrian, and the ones that are listening out there, when I was in high school back in the, the early 90s and late 80s, um, we had, um, and we got to get ready to wrap it up, but I want to say this. We had, they had they, this, this thing called vocational classes. Mm-hmm. They had the plumbing, yes. the brick masonry, the, the uh, electricians, yes. the carpentry. Yes. And here's the here's crazy part. They took that out of school because wow. the people didn't have to go to college after that. They had a promising job that lasted 30 years. And that's what I was going to jump in. 40 years. All those great yeah. programs, it, mechanical skills, the DECA club, the home. I mean, all those courses that taught us how to live outside of going to college were taken out. Wow. Right. Wow. Exactly. So that's, and I was in that era. Mm-hmm. And here it is. Yeah, and here it is now. They cut it out. When some of us in the schools that that we are not continuing the education in colleges, that's right, because they took away because we was making a living before going to college. But I have to wrap it up right here. If I can say this to anybody and everybody that are out there that are listening, this is the conclusion. And, and 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 I like to cap it with the word of God. It said Ecclesiastes chapter twelve verse thirteen and fourteen. Watch what it says. It said, "Let us hear the conclusion." Of the whole matter. This is what everybody, anything and everything we want to think or do. I don't care how you cut the cake. It said, fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of men. And verse 14 says, for God shall bring every secret thing into judgment, whether it be good or evil. And here it is, verse, uh, Proverbs 22 and 6 says, train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he's old. He will not depart. This is Dr. Bunny with a viewer. I'm your host today, Pastor James Hunter, and my guest here, Brother Adrian Spelling. God bless you. Meet us again here at 1030 on next Thursday. God bless you. And Brother Reese, we thank you for being a part of the program also. His website is uh, payusa.org. Go to payusa.org. Clippers and cops will be bringing him back to talk more about his event coming up. Thank you for listening to Bonnie with a View. If we just let it be The world will get no better We gotta change it Just you and me Wake up all the doctors Make the old people well they're the ones who suffer and who catch all the hair. But they don't have so very long before their judgment day. We hope you enjoyed Dr. Bonnie Bonita with a view. 
please remember to send in any questions or comments to WIGOAM1570.com or you can reach Dr. Bonnie Bonita directly at BonnieBonitaWorldwide.com. You can also join our army of volunteer advocates. It takes a village. Our email address is Dr. Bonnie Bonita at BonnieBonitaWorldwide.com. Bonnie